When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 382 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always on occasion and today, especially by my mainest man, the hoodie wearing Mr. Belichick himself, Willie Saylor from Easton, PA. Willie, how are you? Good. It's June, though, and it's like 40 degrees in the Northeast. It's ridiculous. Man, missing that. To my left, you know him as the Wrestling Nomad. I know him as Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. And straight away, Kyle Brackey, joined by the Eagle and the Bronco, as always. The two most majestic <laughs> animals in the land. Can we talk about some of the Twitter handles that are getting made? Because last week there was a new Twitter handle called Kyle Brackey's Eagle Trophy. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. I love all of the fake Twitter people. Then the FRL ones. Three Count No Biscuit. It's a pretty good one. There's a lot of really good ones. Yes, thank you. Thank you for all those. More more Bracky-related ones. That's funny. Um, okay, so where do we go? I, I, have, I have to start with a few <clears throat> things on the top of my mind, Willie. Because I was at okay. the Jiu-Jitsu World Championships um, this weekend. It was really fun. And they're... There's a lot of parallels between jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Willie, I know you work with jiu-jitsu some the, on the flow grappling site. But some interesting stuff going on. And I think you, whether you like jiu-jitsu or not, you'll find some of this stuff interesting. So Agreed. Here, I'll start. And y'all haven't heard this story. I haven't even told you guys this yet. So there is a basically a grappling meme account that just recently got made. And it's called BJJ Steroids. And basically... It's real. It was really small it's, to start this week, and had like two thousand followers. And it's just like accusing all these jujitsu guys of using steroids and stuff, and like particularly one club called Atos. So <laughs> Atos, these people, the 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 account is in the the arena somewhere. The Atos people <laughs> are looking for him. Andre Galvao, who think of J- Andre Galvao as like basically. Like Kale Sanderson, he's like multiple world champion, and he, now he's the coach. Is going up him and Hulk, who is a large, intimidating man as well, are going up and like harassing teenagers and like accusing them of being this like this meme account. So at one point during in the middle of the finals, everyone's watching the finals, right? It's happening. The NCAA finals are going on. Think of it basically as that. And I hear this like commotion behind me. I turn around. The entire half of the bleachers is standing up and facing the opposite direction because some of these like people think they found the guy. There's like a skirmish up there in the middle of the finals. This is going. On. It was very. It was like. It was like Russian nationals light, like diet. Uh, Russian national zero maybe. 
like it kind of tasted similar, no calories type of situation, no AK 47, but it was crazy. I was just thinking, I was like, can you imagine John Smith, like patrolling an arena, looking for a, a meme account with 2000 followers, but it was happening. And now the, the account has exploded as like 7,000 followers now. So it's really funny. So that was interesting. And then also these guys just concede matches all the time, all the time it happens. <coughs> To the point that one time the semis were set, they said nah to the semis, you win this semi, you win this semi, and then they make the finals, and they both, then they agreed on who won that one. One time, a guy had to forfeit in the quarters, forfeit whatever you call it, they call it closing out. Dude breaks down crying as soon as he does it. Like they, like they, but they're like forced to do it. So that was really weird. But all in all, it's really cool. Encourage you to check out jujitsu. It's, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, imagine imagine um training you know for the world championships this is worlds this is this was jujitsu worlds imagine training for worlds mm -hmm. and being like ah, I, I drew my teammate i'm you know i'm gonna hit my teammate in the semis we're gonna we're just gonna adapt each other up and and one of us is gonna one of us is gonna win and one of us is gonna go home uh i, I don't get it why can't i mean you don't see that even in trials, world trials. I mean, Miles Martin might wrestle. I don't know. Zane might wrestle Nolfer. Whatever. You, you get my yeah. point. Um, you can't. I don't. I don't understand it when you're going for the ultimate prize. Maybe if it's like in some the qualify, not qualifier, but some exhibition type thing. Um, I don't know. Gentlemen's agreement or something. But at worlds. I mean, all hands are off. I mean. I ain't losing. I'm telling you right now, I ain't losing. But the weird thing to me is, one, if you leave – so basically what happens is these guys are in the same club on occasion. Leandro Lowe, or, uh, Lowe and Bouchesha are not in the same club. They just happen to be friends. So they just, they just decide who wins because they get along. I know. Um, but in general, they're like in the same – they're on the same team, in the same club. But basically – so if you're not a senior member of a club, you have to forfeit to the more established guy. Yeah. But – so basically the club prevents you from winning, but if you left the club, you would be totally trashed and the club would like hate you yeah. for, for leaving it. It's it's a totally backwards. It's it scenario. is and uh, I remember, you know, when I went to when I was overseeing grappling and I went to Worlds, um, you know, it takes you a little bit of time to get up to speed with it, coming from a wrestling background. Mm -hmm. Um I like the competition, you know, there's very, there's a lot of parallels. Um, the, the officiate, the scoring system for a wrestling fan takes some time to get up to speed and also leaves some things to be desired. But, uh, then I kind of got into it and then there was a semifinal or a final, um, that I was really looking forward to. Cause I started liking this guy and I started liking that guy and then they were going to fight and then they dapped each other up and, and, and they forfeit it. I was like, man, that's a bummer. And then even this year, you know, I don't follow it as closely as I did before or at one point. Um, but for Worlds, I started reading a preview uh, that was on Flow, Flow Grappling. And it was like, you know, the, the something weight is uh, could be the best field ever. And I started reading the preview and was like, yeah, we probably won't see this match because they're on the same team and one of them will forfeit. It's like. Yeah. You can't even get hype about it. Because when the brackets come out, you already know there's going to be a closeout. Yeah. It's a, it's a really weird <laughs> it's a weird thing I learned I learned about this weekend. I got 
because I quote tweeted you and just said hate it, and somebody, someone retorted with, "Well, you know, sports aren't always about winning and losing." And I'm like, "Yes, I, th- there are other things that go into sports other than winning and losing." However, when we have reached the pinnacle of the sport, the World Championships, um, I, I I don't think there is anything else. There is entry into the tournament to win the tournament. Yeah, it's trash. It's it is. Trash. So the only. The only real parallel, I mean, I guess the, the, the parallel in wrestling is you don't see that in wrestling except one place. Iran. And that is Iran versus Israel. Yeah. Um, Which is a wholly and, separate And they, like, agree. Thing. They're, like, excited about forfeiting to each other. Somebody sounds like, oh, cool. Like, the Meow brothers are like, oh, I'll make it and I'll give it to my brother because he's not as good as me. And he wouldn't beat me, but now he's a champion because I just gave it to him. It's, it's totally – and here's the thing. Yeah, everyone acts like we're just like so uncultured and we don't understand jujitsu cultures. Like, no, this is like just the overall spirit of this is a competition, which means you compete. And the weirdest thing is, what's the worst that can happen? You lose? Someone loses a thing? I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what the negative is. Yeah. That's, All right. It's very weird. Flow grappling does a very good job. So I'm glad that uh, our guys were there and I'm sure CP was happy with them. But that part of the culture, very odd. Yeah, very strange. Okay. So we had Akron last week, and now it's Final X week. And uh, I don't know how much you guys want to get into Akron recap. It's going to have to be rapid fire, uh, I would say. But just like, Willie, some overall takeaways from U23s and or cadets. Well, I thought that the – I mean, I don't think it's even debatable that U23s, the field was down. Um I think the highlight of it was probably uh, Pletcher versus Ironman. That was a mm-hmm. fun series. Uh, Kirk Fleet, um, his run at a you know at a, at a U23 level, he's just the first year in. Um, thought he looked very good. This is his first year in U23. <laughs> yes, uh, but you know who knows what we see at. Who who goes to Worlds? I don't know. Does everybody that made the team at U23 are they all going to go? Are they going to decline because it's so late in the year? Um, Chaz I don't know. Chaz isn't uh, going. Yep. Max Dean is. Brady Berge is. I'm sure Pantelio and Ironman will, given one graduating, the other one's taking the Olympic year. Well, that was my. I put that in the in the topics for the show too. Is um, updates on Olympic. Olympic years. I think I think there's going to be more people taking Olympics than what we realize. Yeah, I'm curious to see who who all does. But I haven't heard anything recently. Um, what what what? I, do heard, you ma- I mean, to me, I, of all the U23 results, Kirk Fleet winning this thing the way he did is is the most impressive. Because one heavyweight was actually really good. It had a lot of good guys. Heavyweight was good. It had uh, Cassiope. Uh, Jordan Wood, of course, and I think there was another name that was like pretty relevant in there that's not coming to my mind. But to see him win that is really, really impressive. And I, especially, yeah, well, when he's young, when he's spent, he's had so much time off because of injury. Um, yeah. he was banged up for quite a while, but looks all system go on the on the cadet side. I th- me and me and Nomad will do a more comprehensive thing on the cadet side, but. The brackets were loaded. I think we came away with uh, an awesome team that, in my mind, I don't see how they don't 
medal as a team or, or seriously contend to medal as a team. Um, there's just really good. I mean, I, I often uh, do not, th- I often don't get as convinced or as excited as a lot of people about how Team USA is going to do um, at any level at Worlds, but this, this cadet team is going to be nails. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go over that with, with uh, Willie. Like I said, we're going to give that its actual due. But um, just real quick, the, the, the thing for me was, was the storylines. Um, you know, returning world medals get pushed to three matches. Robbie Howard makes his third team. Um, a, a lot of these guys have been coming up. We've been seeing them, and, and that's maybe my favorite part about Akron is that you kind of get to, to learn these guys' stories as they head up towards the college ranks and uh, the senior-level ranks. So, uh, like I said, we're going to give it. It's more full due. Maybe hopefully this week I can swing down to Willie's. But um, I highly recommend you go back and, and watch the, the finals for um, for uh, 71 and 51 because our world medalists were the only ones that got pushed to third matches. Yeah, it's. I, I was surprised to see Facundo drop a match. I mean, Mastro's obviously a talent, but I just figured at this point in his career, Facundo would be just further separated, which maybe is my ignorance or maybe underrating of Mastro. But I well, you know, Facundo has, and I actually picked Mastro. Uh, what? Not not. Yeah, that was a thing too. Um, I would but, imagine. Um, Facundo has wrestled a lot of tight matches recently. A lot of tight matches. I think the next stage in his development is creating more angles and more leg attacks because people are, first of all, people are starting to not wrestle him. They're not being as active. He's pushing people around the mat <clears throat> everywhere. His positioning is amazing. Um, he won a match in the semis or quarters two to one. He was trailing with 46 seconds to go. Um, even though he moved the kid around the whole mat. So it's like, he's superior. It's just getting in on attacks more often and more consistently. I think we see that. I think we see that that's the next step for him. Yeah. And for me, this Kyle Haas kid, and what is he going to be ultimately made both teams. I've, I've, I've always been kind of following him because what was that year, Bracket? Was that 2017 when uh, we went to Oklahoma State? And they're like, that's uh, Tyler Caldwell's yeah. brother. And he was he was huge. He was like a 7th or 8th grader. And he's probably like 180, 190 pounds or something like that. Nomad and I saw him at Tulsa one year. And we, we saw Tyler Caldwell there and we're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, my brother's wrestling. And then his brother came by with him, and he was, like, just as big as him. Yeah. And you're like, how is he still able to compete in this tournament? He's he's enormous. So, I, I don't know. I've always been kind of following him and see him to make both teams and, you know, how big he's probably ultimately going to be, you know, an upper weight that, that can move like that. He's going to be yeah, and, a, a very high big border ultimately, I would, I would assume. Yeah, we – I mean, we knew he was coming, and – He's one of those kids, like, sometimes you, this happens, not sometimes, often, uh, where we're like, have high expectations for a kid, and then he does okay, but not great. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, maybe he's not that, that good. And then he's there. And then, right, and then it's just the age thing. But Kyle Haas is there, and it also, <laughs> it also makes you wonder about um, 
recruiting. I mean, this stuff off the mat. Uh, you know, he's a shoe in for Oklahoma State, right? Um, yeah. But in the sweepstakes for Oklahoma State's in the sweepstakes for Amos and Ferrari, and what is Haas? You know, are they are they well, eighty fours, ninety sevens heavyweights? What grade is Haas in? He's sophomore. going to be a junior. So he's a year younger than Amos and Ferrari. Or so, a grade younger. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. I'd be surprised if Braxton went to Oklahoma State, right? Wouldn't we? I feel like Ferrari's more likely for them, and then. Then maybe, and then yeah. Haas. I don't know. They can they can figure it out. Maybe one can go ninety seven, and one can go heavy and juggle redshirt years. Hey, maybe they'll get on the gray of, train. Speaking of Oklahoma State lineup stuff, if does Dayton take an Olympic? I don't know. I mean, well, think about. For two reasons. I'm asking, I'm asking for this, this. I was thinking about this last night. At first, I started thinking about Oklahoma State's lineup stuff with, you know, we, we've been talking about Oklahoma State lineup stuff for a long time. But if Dayton takes an Olympic, it even further kind of muddies some stuff with um, Jacason Burks and, and Master Giovanni coming in. Mm-hmm. But then, so I was thinking about that. But then also another thing with that is if Dayton takes an Olympic I, and Michich takes an Olympic, uh, DeSanto's going to move way up. It's going to be really good for Iowa. Well, yeah, that will help. Uh, gross entering the, the field is kind of knocks him down a peg. You have to figure out a yeah. ni- nightmare matchup for him. So maybe slides up one spot. But, yeah, I mean, all that depends. You know, we're only talking about the Iowa team race if Spencer Lee wrestles this year, right? So he needs to um, he needs to compete for Iowa to have a chance. And for Oklahoma State, are they – do we think they're in a, a, a title shot type of situation this next year with who they lost and who they have coming back? They're going to be pretty good, certainly in the lightweights again. They're going to have – they're going to pitch potentially Dayton – Cade, G, Boo, right? And then Joe Smith is back for another year. So they're going to be good, but I don't know if they're going to be contending good. And I don't know if Dayton feels like an Olympics, what he needs to get to the next level. And it may depend, like, you know, does he make the team this year? If he makes a team this year, does that, maybe maybe that'll change things. So I don't know. Yeah. Very curious. And if he, you know, and – Further down the line, what if what if Dayton makes a team in medals and then he's sitting out? Then do you maybe say, okay, I don't need an Olympic as much because I just I'm already in the thing, or I don't know. There's a lot. We should just ask him. Final X Lincoln. Okay. Any further uh, Akron thoughts? LeBron doesn't live there anymore, so that's too bad. We used to always talk about. We did drive down LeBron Way. LeBron James Way drove down that road. You think they love him or hate him there? If they hate him, then they suck. <clears throat> All right. Agreed. A couple other things. James Holzhauer lost on Jeopardy. I'm really sad. He gave it all he had, but he just lost. And it's the end of it. It was era. like, here's the thing, though. It was like 90% skill. <laughs> I think it was 10%, 10% luck. I think it was 10% pain. 
Willie, <laughs> Willie's been doing uh, Fort Minor's Remember the Name uh, 80% of the show. And I've been messing it up on purpose because it's fun. <laughs> he kept um, going. He, he kept being like, it's 10% effort. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I, I didn't get into it too, too much. I didn't have time to get into it too much. I was traveling a lot during his streak. But I, from what I read, everything, the takeaway was that he had this amazing strategy. I, I, I watched it a couple times. It seemed like he was just smarter than everybody. <laughs> yeah, everyone talking about the strategy. It's like, no, he buzzes in. He knows the answer. No, he knows more answers. That's a I good mean, strategy. Help. Yeah. And, uh, to be fair, that is a great strategy, as Nomad uh, points out. It is a good strategy to know more than people and to buzz in and to say the correct answer. Maybe a lot of people haven't thought of it. It would be the like, first thing Didn't he have I a perfect do. game one time? Didn't he, he get everything on the board right? He had a couple where – well, no, he's never done that. No, I don't think anyone's ever done that. But he did that. Oh, had, well, then what's the big deal? He had a couple games where he didn't get any wrong. Ah, okay. I want a perfect game. I want – what's it? Was it 40 questions? Well, yeah. But you it's, can't get everyone. It's tough to just to me, you can't get them all right. Well, it's tough to buzz in everyone on you time. You have to That's be like the first the one to buzz in. Yeah, I understand how the game works. I'm saying until a guy gets a perfect game or a girl, then I'm not impressed. This is this is one of your takes, dude. This is highest point in Fargo kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't you can't buzz the in highest point in Fargo. <laughs> what? Right. When when a guy gets a perfect game, let me know. All right. You impressed. can't. You're not just gonna be. You're not gonna be the first one to buzz in every time. Not with that attitude, you won't. All right, we gotta move on. He's he's in the he's on the B Dubs is the highest point in Fargo take zone right now. All right, final X Rutgers is this week. Myself, Kyle, Daniel, Mike, Ryan, Spay, Caleb, Davis, Piles, will all descend upon the East Coast uh, and going. We're being deposited in various areas. Bader's going to Cornell. Danny Roy going to Princeton. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in Jersey Dubu- the whole time. You could be Dubuque trained. Myself, Kyle Brackey, and Andrew Spay will be turtle people in Maryland. And we'll all go to Rutgers on Thursday. So that's going to be fun. So this has got to be the uh, Final X Mega Show. I don't know. There is a possibility that maybe we can do a thing with Willie where he calls us and records a thing. And then maybe we just upload the podcast. But we won't go live again until Why don't you all just come? Y'all should just come here and do something. Maybe, especially afterwards, maybe. No. I'm not play darts. We're, we're going straight Sh- from, literally, we're going to get up Sunday morning and drive straight to Blacksburg. There ain't no time for that. Yeah. It'll be like a call-in situation. Like call in Baton Rouge? So, yeah. hey, Bader's going to, Bader's going to Cornell. Is that not the biggest question of the oh weekend? I mean, we still don't know if Kyle Dake is wrestling. We can't get him there soon enough. Kyle won't tell him nothing. I, I'm right going to tell you what. If Kyle doesn't wrestle, I'm going to be perturbed because we've been talking about him being hurt and not wrestling at Final X since, like, basically Big Tens, if not before, right? So it's known, right? The, the point is it's known. He's hurt. So if he doesn't, if he waits this long, it will make me mad because it's like, man, you knew, right? But the longer it goes on, the more I'm thinking maybe he's going to wrestle. Maybe it's really going to happen. I don't really have any further intelligence other than there was an injury, and it was assumed by some that he was not going to compete at Final X Rutgers. But daggone it, Kyle! It's Kyle! It's this week. It's Saturday, Saturday night ish. Um, He's got two days. He has two days. He has forty-eight hours to uh, request the the wrestle off. So now it could be the ultimate gamesmanship where 
he is going to ask for the, and he knows he's going to ask for it, but maybe just mess with Ringer and make him start his cut and try to peak his that's body for nice. Saturday. Huh? That's not nice. It's not nice. That's why, that's why I'm perturbed. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he's going to wrestle. That's it. I hope he so does. That's all we got. Hopefully Bader can go there and uh, get some truth serum out of him. Maybe he should show up to the Freeman Center and be like, hey, Kyle, you want to roll around for a bit? Yeah, and then they can. Then we'll know for sure. Mm-hmm. If Kyle will wrestle <laughs> Bader, then we'll know it is on for Saturday. That's right. Well, That's there right. was that tweet. <clears throat> there was that tweet about him rolling around with Gabe Dean. I don't think you'd roll around with Gabe Dean unless you're close to being ready. I mean, they yeah. were talking about launching each other and – I know, I know. I, you would think. You know they say, like, for years, he's like, he just massacres Gabe Dean. Like, just destroys him, which is, like, mind-blowing. To, to, it, that anyone would would massacre Gabe Dean is, like, kind of hard for me to, like, envision. But they say he just, like, he's pretty, you know it. And you know what that means, no mm-hmm. right? So, okay. So, Dake Watch 2K19. We'll, we'll find out together, ladies and gentlemen. Um, why don't we talk about that match? Alex Daringer, he looked good to quite good, I'll say, at the World Team Trials, dispelling, uh, taking out Zahid Valencia in two matches, no problem. Let's get, let's get, let's get into it. Let's make predictions. Wanna, <clears throat> put it on wanna, wax. You want to hear my expert breakdown? Yeah. My expert breakdown is, I th- every I think everybody saw Ringer and how good he looked, and everybody gives Ringer a shot. But no one, including myself, is picking Ringer until they actually see it. <clears throat> until they actually see it. Nobody is going to pick Kyle Dake to lose until they actually see it. Because uh, uh, he's Kyle Dake, and he always does it. What? One of you guys are picking Ringer? I think I already kind of did one time, and I might do it again. I will personally agree with you, Willie, that I'm going to, to pick Kyle Dake. You but... don't speak for all of humanity. Yeah. No, is, I'm, uh, I'm talking generalization. Yes, there's some people. There's very, there's a sprinkling of people. They're gonna pick Ringer before they actually it actually happens. But the, the thing is that Kyle's just a winner. He just I don't know. Uh, I know. What does Kyle Bracken you know, think? You I think that Kyle Dake is gonna win, and I'm not gonna pick against him. And I'm pretty sure you did pick Ringer. I'm pretty sure did, I did when we did the confidence points. Yeah, I think I did. No, Matt, weren't you keeping that in a spreadsheet to post on Twitter later, but then never posted yeah, it on never Twitter? Yeah, I never posted it on Twitter later. No, it's not but, ready. Uh, it's not ready. Yeah, that, that is how that went. Christian, pull the trigger, dude. Willie always says I never make any bold predictions, but I make I make the boldest and bravest. Um, man, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to well, pick Alex Daringer to beat Kyle Dake. I like it. I like it. I just can't do it myself. In three. Here's the thing, and I think we have beat this drum enough that people are aware. We will be not only just fine if Ringer wins, I think either one of them are the best guy in the world at 79 kilos, and that we will win a world title no matter what. I agree with that. I agree strongly. And it is because of that. That's why I have – because if there's a – listen – all systems go, Kyle Dake. Yeah, I'm picking that guy. But this is the best Alex Daringer ever. And the yeah. So he's better than he was a year ago, when he basically almost beat 
Dake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who was optimized Kyle Dake at that point in time. Now, Kyle hasn't wrestled since October of 2018, a match, right? Yeah. An actual match with weigh-ins and such. And I think, man, if it's just if there if it was a a 9 versus a 10, now if Dake's back just a little bit, maybe Danger's got enough to do it. I think I think as it is the the biggest question I think in everyone's minds and why most people aren't picking Daringer is just that indefinable quality that Kyle Dake has that is why he's a wrestling legend. It's yeah. like the dude's just a winner. He just wins wrestling it's probably That's probably a stupid reason. It's probably a stupid reason for me to say I'm sticking with Dake. I used to think that too. I used to think that too, Willie. I don't think it is. He's a gayman. I don't know. I mean, well, Ringer, for all the reasons you just said, Ringer was so close last year, and now he's better, and Dake's health is a question mark. I mean, Ringer's might be the right, might be the smart pick other than going to some superstitious thing that intangible. You know, takes not, a, or takes a it is intangible, but at the same time, I don't think it's just superstition. I mean, I think there is just something to it. When you see guys of comparable skill, and for whatever reason, this date guy, maybe they're not of comparable skill, but, you know, he just wins the match, right? He just has a way of raising his level in the big moments. And, and that's not to say he always has. You know, he's he went years. He didn't make a team until last year. So I'm not trying to make it sound like the guy never loses. But, um, you know, in general, it is a thing with Dake, and it is worth mentioning. Now, you know, Alex Daringer is pretty good, too, and he's had – Certainly his moments as well, and he's a winner. So I'm, I'm picking Ringer, just the health questions for me, and it's Nomad keep talking about how he hasn't wrestled. It's got me freaked out. Well, it's it's a real thing, right? Like to in, in any year, right, whether it's wrestling or any sport, when a, a high-level athlete doesn't compete, I don't know how you wouldn't have questions Number one, about how they're going to be once they come back, both mentally and physically. And number two, just there's no reps in. Mm -hmm. There's no reps in. Alex Deringer has been wrestling four, five, six tournaments, just staying at a high level year over year. And and I guess a part of this also has to do with the conversation I have with a college coach where he's like, do you know the easiest way to peak is to just always be at a high level that you you don't even realize that you're peaked. You're just it's Friday night. Uh, I need to wrestle, and so you're yeah. just better than everyone. And I don't know if that's what Alex Deringer is consciously doing. I agree, but it it certainly makes it is the most worrisome pick. <clears throat> I agree with that. Is is competing so frequently, so often? I mean, when when you say peak. Sometimes you just raise, you compete so much that you raise your level that you're, you're not peaked. You're just more, the muscle memory's there. Everything's there. Right. Um, is that what G'Angelo Hancock is doing? Look at look at how, look at his level of competition. Yeah. Look at the, the frequency of competition. And then the frequency, the, the consistency that he's had. Um, you know, look at Ringer. Look at. David Taylor was he competed often. Um, but you know what's interesting, really? Th- those guys didn't compete this year. You know, Dake and Taylor I were know. all over the place this year. I know. Then they won worlds and we didn't see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was uh, strange. Well, I was driving home uh 
I have a lot of points from Hertz and and Allentown is a really like small airport, right? So when mm-hmm. I rent a car from there to drive to Akron, um, you know, I get it like a I get the cheapest car. We we stay at the cheapest hotels. We st- we get the cheapest cars. I get like a forty dollar a day car or something, and I get there and they were sold out of everything else. So Uh-oh. because I have all these points, because I have the status, they gave me this Cadillac SUV with all the bells and whistles and it had Sirius XM which I was very excited about and so I'm listening to Mad Dog Sports coming home yesterday oh, yeah. from Akron Dog. and they were actually saying that um, they were talking tennis and they say that uh, Serena Williams who's the GOAT right she doesn't compete like ever she don't do these torn these warm up tournaments she just she might do like one warm up tournament before a major and like she never she, she, she there's never been a girl that has competed as little as her but she just dominates yeah she's just like so much better yeah so is Kyle Dake <laughs> the Serena Williams of wrestling that's the question that Willie's asking maybe we'll, we'll and how out. is his status with Hertz <laughs> what is does Kyle have serious I would think Dake if he wanted serious satellite radio but though I wonder would the radio waves disturb his sort of you know, oh, yeah. his body <clears throat> system movement, you know, True. the functional patterns. He's also got everyone on the Cornell team with the what's the, the red screen. The red him. screen. They've got a lot of them have the glasses. Hey, I'm talking to, to Barry Essa this weekend. They're uh, one of the guys on their team. And he's just scrolling through and I can just see the red. Like, he got everybody <laughs> on that. Kyle's ring there. Um, <clears throat> as far as, like, the, the actual matchup and, like, the, the technique of it, Go back and watch the – I think I brought this up before. Go back and watch the U.S. Open final from last year mm-hmm. and look at how far back – I want to say it's his left arm. Kyle Dake, like, keeps his, his elbow, like, comically far back. Like, he's, like, pulling a gun out of its holster. Like, he, he's, he's crouched back, and his elbow is behind his – completely behind his shoulder blade. Yeah. Just to keep away from Ringer's dump. In- inside, yep. And then the the second he lets it in, and this is how that final flurry started. Second he lets it in, Ringer gets in. So, Dake has a very high level of respect for for Ringer and, and knows exactly what what uh, what he's going to do. So, um, I'm sure Dake is is fully prepared for this. But it, it's just comical to see how far back he keeps those elbows. Is there any concern two hour weigh in Ringer related? Not this weight. You don't think so? Seventy four, sure. I don't think this so. weight, no. Two-hour weigh-in, 75. That guy is, man, I don't know. He's so big. Maybe not. Maybe it's not a thing. I mean, he, he keeps saying it's perfect weight for him, and maybe that's just lip yeah, no. service. But. I don't know. I, I I just think, has he competed two-hour weigh-in? You know, he, he, he won world team trials, but he made weight, and then he got to hang a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean – Everybody else said to do that. So, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it is a concern for Ringer at okay. least. Good. And he made he made flat twice in Vegas, right? Yeah. It would have been so two days. Well, as Regan and all right, it's yeah. fine. He's no trouble. Okay, I'm going with Leo. Leon might be like fifty percent pain. <laughs> what other? What other? Let's talk. Let's let's go to another match. Let's go to Gable Gwiz. This is mm. I, this is breaking my brain too. Th- these are Final X has given us some hard decisions. And this is a very difficult one for me. Cause I I can't figure it out. What's going to happen? I kind of want to stick with Gable. I feel like I've kind of planted that flag. 
in the ground for Gable, but I just, man, the savviness of Gwiz, the athleticism, the nomad. You say savviness. I say and yet, and yeah, yet here and I am working on this article. You're right. And it's kind of centered on – it's kind of – it's going to be hard to do the social copy for it. I, I don't envy Kyle Brecky. I'm going to talk to him about it before he does it. <laughs> but but I'm not sure him. if I want to pitch it as like this is Gwiz's fatal flaw or like this is uh, Gable's opportunity – or uh, excuse me, this is Gwiz's fatal flaw or this is Gwiz's mm. opportunity to get reps to uh, fix this thing, which is that – Every single match he lost last year, he was leading in the final minute. Not like going into the second period. Like yeah, final minute. 60 seconds to go or less was winning. Hold on. Not like – not not last – I mean, this is a trend. This this goes this goes back farther than just last year, does it not? It does, but I I, I, I only went back yeah. as far as last year just because – Even against Zach I mean, Ray at the trials that one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had that, that – he had that match one too. Okay, it is interesting. And, and and so my question is, you know, Gwiz was somewhat of a late bloomer, right? Like he – I don't think he placed in Fargo till he was like junior or senior, I believe. And then, um, you know, he, he places a true freshman, which I guess is, is impressive. But he, he's always kind of been a little bit behind. He, he wasn't like super hot in the big board when he came up is what I'm saying, right? Whereas Gable has always been the guy, yeah. you know, maybe maybe best high school wrestler ever. I'm saying there's a difference in yeah. Gable's trajectory and Gwiz's trajectory. True. And then it was always, can Gwiz become the guy? Can Gwiz become the guy? And he only wrestled Travell once. It was mainly Zach Ray. He couldn't get over the hump. Um, then he didn't have to beat Ray to make the team in 2017. And, and Ray's gone. Obviously, Travell's gone. And now he's the guy. So did Gwiz miss out on getting those reps when he was younger? And is that maybe the, the issue? Or is it? I don't know. I know? don't think so. Um, I get what you're, I get your point. But man, he's been entering the he's been entering the open and trials and all this stuff for a long time. He's got, I don't know, I'd say well over, probably over a hundred senior level matches at this point mm-hmm. at at one twenty five. Like big matches of consequence. B- big yeah. matches. Dom Bradley. I mean, I I just feel like I've been watching wrestle freestyle for a really long time. So I feel like, in with all the the number of international like traveling and tournaments he's entered, I feel like he's got a lot. Um, so I don't feel like that's it. But so I was thinking about that and thinking about kind of how he's lost. He's lost by giving up like exposure off his own attacks, errant, errant shots like against the Chinese guy. But that's not really Gable's game. Mm-hmm. Gable's like going to control center and take you down. But I, I don't see, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see him crotch lifting Gwiz or chest wrapping him or, or anything like that. I just don't see that. I, I think it's going to be a straight takedown battle. I think if, if Gable's going to win, it's just got to be straight takedowns. It would, it would seem to me more likely that if Gwiz is going to lose, like shooting himself out of the match, so to speak, it's more go-behinds than like crotch lock or chest wrap type stuff. Giving up go-behinds? Right, from, from G- Gable scoring off of Gwiz's oh, attacks. Oh, yeah, I, Gable scoring like, re-attacks. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Right. Um, I was going to say, Gable like doesn't give up re-attacks like ever because he's so quick strike and he doesn't really – allow himself to get under guys whereas Gable definitely or Gwiz will definitely shoot under you and absolutely he has that uncanny uh, ability to finish G- Gable's never wrestled a heavy like Gwiz I don't think there, there's no you can't look at Dom Bradley and say oh Dom even though Dom and Gwiz have had battles or Tony Nelson or Kuhn it's just like completely different ball game completely different dude which is why it's like so difficult to prognosticate this match and Kassar's quite a bit smaller than Gwiz mm-hmm. 
And Gwizm, I don't know, maybe not as good of an athlete as Kassar, but much closer than some of those other guys you just mentioned. For in sure. Terms of, and maybe even a better athlete than Kassar, I don't know, because it's different levels. But um, that that is a – Gwiz is more athletic than most of these guys. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Stephen Kyle. First of all, got a good comment from YouTube. Uh, can we get a live shot of Gwiz's mom when CP inevitably picks Gable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I talked to her at trials. She's yeah. Um, Not much has changed. <laughs> I'm gonna take Gwiz, um, but will not be surprised at all if Gable wins. I'm just taking the safe bet here. You don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> that at too. Th- at this point, <laughs> I would like to keep the the hatred to CP. Yeah. I don't want to feel that wrath at all. No, you don't. You don't want her yelling at you. Okay, Daniel, Danny Roy. I'm taking Gwiz. He's two-time senior world medalist, and I cannot get that Kassar match out of my head. That Kassar match is like 6-0 in freestyle going into the second period. I understand that. but You don't understand. It is just the nature of losing a match that we're all like, Gable's going to win. Yeah. Um, And I I don't don't know. know. I I got Gwiz. I'm, I'm... I think that Gable sort of is Gwiz with a little with a little bit more ta- naturally gifted ability, um, but I think it's I think it's still Gwiz and it will be for a year or two. Uh, I'm going Gwiz. And that being said, uh, Gable was a different man from, from NCA season to his freestyle season, so. I'm with Kyle. That I won't. I won't be surprised either way. All right, I'll take him. Give me Gable in three. There you yes. go. Going ringer, going Gable. CP's being the uh, contrarian today. I don't think it's contrarian, but um, I guess it's against conventional wisdom, and no one's gonna yell at you for picking Quiz, right? But it and, is a little. And again, let's beat this drum. Gable wins world level. We're just fine. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is another one that there's no, oh, the right guy didn't win. Like, I feel very confident in a medal coming back to America with either of these guys. Yeah, I'm, I I completely agree with that. Uh, and, you know, seeing – I mean, he's a two-time junior world champ. Yeah. Two-time junior, one-time cadet. Uh, man, I think – Might be two-time. Yeah, cadet. I think it's two, two and no, two. No, four. I know. Either way, he's got a lot of world titles. Yeah. I just – I see him able to get to legs. I think maybe Quiz will have a little harder time getting to his. I don't know. I mean, you know that in Rutgers. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay. Yanni Zane is also Here happening we at Rutgers. Go. It's happening again. Now, is anyone – can you possibly pick Zane after seeing what you saw at the U.S. Open, after seeing the heater that Yanni Diakamalos is currently on? Is anyone going to do it? I'm not going to do it. I'll get it started. Yanni, do we give Zane a match here? Do we really say Zane is going to go 0 for 3 against? Okay. If it was anyone else, I might say no, but Yanni's different. He different. I don't, I don't care about the Penn State coaching voodoo that yeah. they got. Yanni's got some voodoo of his own. It's called he, being an alien. It's called being – that's the ultimate voodoo. Yeah. 
I also don't think maybe it's fifteen percent alien. <laughs> 15, oh yeah, ten percent luck, fifteen percent alien, hundred percent reason remembering name. I also don't think the Penn State <laughs> voodoo applies to freestyle, freestyle yet. Mm-mm. That's what I was going to say. I think it can, and and I think it probably will. But uh, as of twenty nineteen, I do not believe that to be the case. Think about this. Ponder your brain around this one. They've been the dominant force since two thousand eleven collegiately. They've put. Two different guys on the team, Zane and David. Well, oh, Ed Ruth, Ed Ruth. No, hold on, and Frank. And Frank. Okay, so they're the best actually at this too. <laughs> but all those guys only made right. one team each. I know, but Ed, listen, right? But Ed started fighting people. Actually, he went to Arizona State. Listen, Ed was a world teamer right out of college, and defeated somebody that was a you know a world medalist. Zane made it in college. Um, Zane made it in college. Frank did it from the 12 seed. Uh, so there's a little, there is a little juju there. All right, I'm backing on the juju. Yeah. I'm also, not... they sort of kind of train Gwiz sometimes. Yeah, they do. Casey Cunningham is in the corner. All right, so they're the best at this. Um, <laughs> no, Ohio State, Ohio RTC still got that edge, but yeah, they're really good. But it's Yanni. I'll say Yanni too. Yeah, I mean, the 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 hard thing here is that Zane could do Zane could wrestle like a beast and do just about everything right. And like you could see this matchup, and you could see this happening to people that Yanni defeat all the time. Is like you go out there, you do everything like you probably should do, and then you lose, and you walk away like what else could I have done it's yeah. because Yanni does crazy stuff Daniel Yanni is good enough and mentally ready to win a world title this year this is the one weight where uh, I would be and if Zane wins I'm obviously going to root for him but I oh, wow. personally I would much prefer for our world Metal chances to have Yanni on the team this year. Did you see Mike Mal's tweet? I don't know if it was about last sixty-five. Night or... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a bear for either of these dudes. It's going to be a bear. And so I think, I mean, to your point, Nomad, is that there's no margin for error, right? There's no, there's no margin for error with this field. Um, let's take a look at Mike. Listen to this field, and it's Odeguru, Chikayev, Haji, Kichikishvili, Bajrang, Tobier, and our guy. America. So, insane bracket. Yeah, I think Yanni's got the – I think to win at a world level, you just have to have uh, – well, I don't know. But it, it makes sense to me to have, like, kind of a really diverse skill set because you need different things to beat different guys because all these guys yeah. have different stuff. And Yanni has that. Zane has like kind of one way he can win, whereas Yanni maybe has more. But we'll see. Zane's still young in his freestyle career relatively. If Zane had a turn, like a reliable turn, he's good for a takedown or two, if he, uh, a match regardless. I mean, he was getting takedowns against Jordan. He took down Yanni. But it's just he's not going two and two. Like in mm-hmm. his folk star career, it was, it was like a three point takedown. Cause at the minimum he would ride out the period. Yeah. But more than likely he would also turn you. 
So he just doesn't quite do that yet. Hey, before you yell at me for forgetting something, um, I admit I'm, we might have talked about this and I don't remember. Did we discuss anything about Yanni in an Olympic redshirt? No, other not really. What do you think? What's a what's your feel on it? I don't think depending he will. on if he makes the team. You don't I don't think he will. think he will. I think Yanni's. I, I think when you look at the team Cornell is going to have, I think he'll get the get some pressure to not do it. Maybe he'll have a modified season type of deal, but I don't think he does it. But then again, what if he wins a world title? <clears throat> what well, uh, do you think? Because their team, because their team chances. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm Yanni and I make the team, I probably want to do it. I, I mean, probably same thing. I said a few months ago. It, the farther along he gets, the better he does. The more likely it becomes. Mm-hmm. And it, another another point that I don't understand. It. That may be true, but I don't understand it. It's like clearly he's on the cusp of making a team. Like. Or, or winning an Olympic medal. He beat the world number one. What does him not making the team or not winning a world medal change for 2020 and, like, the amount of focus that year's going to require? It's like, oh, if I don't do as good, I don't need to focus as hard on it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, don't right. under, I don't understand No, that. I'm saying I think, I think he is realistic about where he stands. And so, um, the like, I believe Yanni – has a maybe pure thought process on the Olympic redshirt, meaning like if I take an Olympic redshirt, I am going to win the spot and be contending for an Olympic medal. Whereas yeah. I think some people don't necessarily well, that's take like Olympic a... redshirts for that reason. And so, I'm with. But dude, I'm with it's Christian. established. No. It's established. He's, it, it, he can make win the or team. lose. Win or lose, you make the team or don't make the team, or you go to Worlds and go zero and one, or you go to Worlds and win the whole thing. I don't think there should be any change in philosophy i i think if you're yanni you say olympic gold is the dream it's the goal i'm taking the olympic i'm putting all my like 90 percent energy 10 percent pain into <laughs> making the run at olympic gold this year and and That's i think thing. he should he, he i looks, think he should no better. matter what happens no matter what happens from today going forward <clears throat> yanni should yanni should take an olympic yeah just with the with the data we have right now, yeah. If he had got fourth at the open and like runner up at trials, he'd be like, yeah, he'd be on that. But now that he's done this, he won the open, he beat Bajrang. Okay, it's established. He yeah. should. He's the favorite to make the 2020 team right now. Even if he loses to, to Zane, I think people would say in a year it'll be him, right? Um, but anyway, so getting back to the original point, I was gonna make the so U23s were this weekend. The there are five guys. And then a few girls in Greco also that can still wrestle off for U23 spots. So he could do that. By June 22nd, you could potentially see uh, Dayton, Yanni, Deacon, Nickel, and Gable choose to wrestle for U23 spots. Doesn't mean they will, but they have the ability to do they so. They have that option. Good Are we talking about. Uh, I don't know how many will do that. I hope they do. Again, the the. the the date of U23 World screws everything up, but but if they're if some of those guys are gonna take Olympics and not wrestle college season anyway, we might see them go that route. Um, mm-hmm. But where are we thinking Fargo wrestle off, or where, where do you think those wrestle offs will be? I don't know. because if if Gable loses to 
if Gable loses to Gwiz and then Gable elects to wrestle uh, wrestle off Kirkley for the spot, count me in. Oh my god! As wanting to see that. Yeah, I'll also raise my hand. Okay, is anyone taking Zayn to win so much as a match against Yanni? No. I ain't picking it, but very well could happen. I mean, the uh, match yeah. wasn't yeah. like an over like blowout. Yeah, he had to score late to win. Uh, okay, so we all have Yanni in two. That could blow up in her face, but I'm sticking with it. Oh, it could very much blow up in her and face. And then finally, the, all these could blow up in our faces. Everything. Actually, I feel Some most confident faces. in this one. Jaden Cox over Bo Nickel is my prediction in two matches. Bo's super special, and I think he's going to be a real threat to make the 2020 team, but I think Jaden's... I just I'm having a hard time seeing where Bo scores on Jaden Cox. Tell me, Here's riddle my... me this: Jaden Cox, according to uh, our our guy John Michael Zach, our intern, <laughs> and Mike Mal, has not been taken down since August of 2017. They're highly John Michael incorrect. Zach? They're highly incorrect. Okay, please correct them. Karimi took him down last year in World Quarters or Semis. And he literally lost a match to Sharifov last year as well at the finals of UK. They, they lied to us. They and lied. Then I, and then I, then I, I distributed Jaden. Jaden also lost at a rankings tournament. He lost at Dogu. Last year? Yeah. Okay. Our interns, what's our intern's name? He has three first names? He's the man. John yeah. Michael Zach. Don't you dare. If you John Michael Montgomery. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I hope he beats you up. You should see this guy's arms. He's like Holmes level. Gun big, show. Big arms. Big arms. Holmes Peter level Hart. midnight. Uh here's here's my take on, on Jaden and Bo. If Jaden wrestled like he did last year, I would give Bo a real shot. Jaden's not wrestling like Jaden did last year. Jaden's wrestling like no other Jaden did before. He's dominant. He's diverse. He's very confident. He's aggressive. I mean, there were moments last year, um, you know, in his career, he's let some matches get away. Um, he's at some points been not too very active. Um, and he's not doing that anymore. I mean, he, he had close matches with Zilmer last year. Um, and yeah, I just he, think, he think Jaden is in the best position of his career. I think he's in a the best place mentally and physically. Um, some kind of switch got turned on. And I think this is the best version of Jaden we've ever seen. And so for that, um, I'm, I'm confident that I'm confident in Jaden. Um, Bo is certainly dangerous, and and like I said, if if Jaden was wrestling like last year, I might be inclined to take Bo, but that's not really the case right now. Yep. All right, Stephen, Kyle, I'm taking Jaden Cox. I'm Team Nomad on this one. Um, I like the dueling hit pieces that we had yesterday. Ran Nomads first, and then uh, everyone was all riled up on Twitter, and then we hit him with Spays. Um, but I'm going to side with Team Nomad here. Yeah, I think 
think so. Your your take is is known, but <clears throat> planting my flag in the ground. That's all he's <laughs> gonna say. Skating. Okay. World yeah. champ, baby. World champ. Uh, yeah. I think the single leg. I think Jaden's single. Having seen that give Bo trouble against the Heat, even though it was like 2016, I think is worth mentioning as well. So, I got Jaden. I think he is underrated. I think Bo will have his time. Maybe. He may have his time. He may not have his time because he's going to go through 2020 and then apparently fight and stuff, and he'll probably be really good at that. So, I don't know how long his freestyle career is going to be. I know he'll be a contender. He's obviously really good. But remember... Just to see Bo dominate to this point, remember, it's kind of like with, with Downey. You know, last year the spot was, was Nick Rena at 86, and for 92 it was Hayden Zilmer. So it's not like we're super deep at these weight classes. So to see someone like Bo dominate or see Downey come through doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to take it to that next level because Jane Cox is a world champ. Well, I think, and, and you know, Bo's been in the midst of one of the greatest college careers ever. Um and I think it's coming at a good time. Win or lose here, it, it, it's a good time. It's good timing for Bo in that he hasn't had a whole lot of international freestyle experience, and now um, he'll get that. Win or lose, he can go on some tours and face some uh, foreigners and come back and prepare for 2020 uh, uh, really well. One thing that I noticed when I was writing the, my article was that the – the high crotch that Bo was scoring on was the opposite. So the the Karimi takedown, it was the opposite side of that. And I can't remember which, if it was lefty or righty. But So Bo shoots lefty, and then the one time he shot righty, he got completely stuffed by Mach. And I think, and I think that's Jaden is smart enough to get guys to go the side he wants them to go. We had Jaden's a left leg lead, so the left side high crotch would come to that, that, uh, that side. But yeah, I think that does play right into where Jaden's super comfortable. But I think people have a hard time getting to Jaden's trail leg too. He's just <laughs> he's just really tough to get to. And sometimes, sometimes they can get to the leg, but he will sprawl forward mm -hmm. and move his leg, and your hand will be six <clears throat> inches behind it at all times. Yeah, maybe still the greatest non-scoring move I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't find it though. I was looking for it the other day. Do you know where it is? It should be should be Olympic. Yeah, I know. I know where it happened, but I can't find the video. Oh, well, that's terrible, and this video should not be locked in a vault somewhere. Yeah. All right, so that's ninety two. That's how we're closing out. I think Final X Rutgers. It is. That's a smart decision. <laughs> let's go to Let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska. What do you say? Where? I'm assuming we'll finish with uh, Jordan Burroughs versus Isaiah Martinez. So let's start there. Imar, JB. JB said, hey, this guy's going to be a bigger problem this year than he was a year ago. Is that just Jordan trying to hype himself into, you know, taking this match super, super seriously in that? Or how much of that is, like, reality? Anyone can talk. I was waiting for you. You're waiting. How, uh, no, I think... Isaiah's, you know, like we said about a couple guys, best version of himself. Um, obviously younger, and, and it took maybe a year or two uh, for <clears throat> Imar to be up to speed and freestyle and fully transition. But, I mean, I, I'm Burroughs all day. 
Yep, same here. Burrows and two for me and Willie and Nomad. Yeah, I'm just curious about what, like, what adjustments Isaiah can make offensively because he got one step out each last year. So, like, can he get a takedown? Right, I don't think he's gonna turn Jordan. Basically, no one turns Jordan. Um, can he get a takedown? Can he? Can he get Jordan on the clock and, and score that way? Can he? You know, maybe get a, a go behind. That would also kind of surprise me. But th- that's what when we say this is the best version of Isaiah Martinez we've ever seen. This is you know uh, Jordan Bros taking Isaiah very seriously. Okay, but what does what does that mean on Isaiah's end? How can he get his points? Because you know JB's going to get – JB's basically good for four points every match, minimum. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, Steven? I do think Imar is better than the version we'll see this year, but I don't know if that matters because it's Jordan Burroughs. It's Jordan Ernest Burroughs. Yeah. So yeah. two matches for me. Two matches. Kyle, what do you think about – what do you think about the fact that your real name is Steven? Mm-hmm. And then – you changed it. You changed it. You you go by Kyle because it's your middle it. name, and you it's my name. And you, okay, you you go by your middle name, Kyle. Uh huh. You go by your middle name, Kyle, because it's cooler. And then last week on Twitter, the name Kyle got completely trolled. Yeah, that was a uh, BS. <laughs> I mean, someone just woke up, and for like a week, they were like just, just made Kyle jokes. And uh, <laughs> did I miss this? Yeah. Yes. Did. What happened? We literally watched a video. Remember the people named Kyle? Oh, okay, and it's yeah. It's just yeah. that dude like throwing plates well, in the forest. Well, Barstool, Barstool Kyle chugging was monsters, off. <laughs> like flicking off the police. Yeah, department. yeah. Okay, that was a hilarious video. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the H E double. There was there was all these <laughs> videos going around. Just apparently Kyle's like to punch holes in walls and stuff like that. You kind of do that. I've never punched a hole well, in a wall. Well, you kind of like, uh, you, you get mad when you lose. Well, yeah. I like when you run into the wrestling mats when you're chasing down a ping pong oh, ball. Oh, yeah, that's just hustle. Yeah. <laughs> One time I knocked him over and made a really loud noise, and everyone in the office looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> no, you got to, look, you're trying to win. Trying to win. Yeah, they don't understand. But KB Noswack, he... He was uh, using his platform to defend all Kyles. That's good. Yeah, fighting the good fight out there. I, I'm, you were, you showed great courage in not switching your name back to Steven. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what's. I'm gonna tell you what's huh. In this final X card, Colton Schultz and Adam Kuhn. They're gonna do a Greco-Roman attack session. I don't. Is, I think who's the Schultz favorite? Gonna who's gonna win? win? <clears throat> you think Colton's gonna win? <clears throat> How's he gonna win? I don't know. But this might be one of those stupid things where you overhear stuff, but not overhear. I was told that Schultz beats him at the OTC. That was told he texts him. I, that just that sounds preposterous to me. I, yes, it does sound preposterous. Text him in what? I don't know. Wrestling. Text him in what? I yeah, hair growing contest or no? Checkers maybe. Text text Adam Coon. I don't know, man. That seems. It seems tough to believe. I mean, certainly Colton's going to be the guy ultimately for Team USA at Greco, right? Like, it'll happen. Is it this year? I mean, I'm not. I'm not even against picking Colton. I might even do that. But man, I just have a hard time seeing that. Does he take him down and gut him a bunch? Does he turn? 
Oh no no! Uh, gets on top, like gets put, gets him put down. Gets him put down. He and then he turns him a bunch. Yes, that is. Uh, that's what I was told too. I was told that word. he turns him from top, oh, very consistently. All right. So with that knowledge in your mind, Willie, why don't you say something? Well, I'm picking Colton. Colton. Yeah. It's pretty much totally on my sword. This is totally on the person that told me this. I know. That's the stuff. That's the thing, man. You get some crazy, crazy stories, but a lot of them are true. This wrestling room. Yeah, stuff. but a lot of them are not true. Yes. Remember when Ben Askren said that Bo Bresky is going to be awesome? <laughs> Saw him in the like, room last week. He's then it's like, wait, don't you coach him? He's like, yeah, unrelated. This is an unbiased opinion from Ben Askren. Okay. I've got um, dang. I'll pick Kuhn. Yeah, I want to pick Adam Kuhn too. Because of NASA. Just the NASA angle. I'm going to take the astronaut. <laughs> when in doubt, go with the NASA guy. Okay. I'm taking the guy Support who the has done Greco his entire life and is probably the probably the best Greco project we've ever had. I don't know. Can Maybe. we get Nomad uh, on the call for that match in case uh, Schultz does beat Kuhn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, He'll lose his mind. If you want absurd. If you want to hear some really funny, go watch match two or three of Schultz yeah. and Robbie Smith. Nomad had a great call at the end. Wow. <laughs> I, a, I wasn't around. Well, I mean, I was around. But, like, I wasn't there when Jake Deichler made the team as a high school kid. So maybe, like, that. I don't know. He's kid, he, I don't think he's graduated high school yet. Or he, like, just graduated high school. Yeah. He's wrestling grown men with, like, beards. Like, Robbie has, like, a bird's nest. And NASA Situation. clearances. Yeah, NASA clearances. This guy's like, you just learned how to drive a couple weeks ago. I don't know. This shouldn't be winning. You shouldn't be able to do that at that age. You don't do that. All right. He doesn't go here. Colton. Yeah, maybe he'll just do it. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never uh, professed myself to be a Greco-Roman expert. So Is that is that so? I've never, I've never claimed. All right. We got some juicy ones here. We got so some juicy, some more juicy nuts. Dayton, let's go. Dayton, let's go. Dayton and F- Thomas. Yes. Dayton against Fix. Um, so I I gotta stick with Dayton after seeing what he did at the open. He won the match. I do think there are adjustments that um he can make. Oh, did we lose Willie or is he there? He's back. Um, he was frozen. I was worried. Uh, after seeing what he did to Thomas at the open, really close match. I know. I think there are adjustments Gilman can make, as I mentioned, on the edge specifically when Dayton grounds himself. That is something that, man, Dayton's got to do differently. I really think if his strategy is to hit his knees when he gets to the edge, I think Mark Perry and company are going to have an answer for that. But it's Dayton Fix, and he is one who evolves, and I think he will make the adjustments necessary this time around. There's also, does at some point, do they start calling that fleeing? Well, I mean, you can't they change, sometimes you, do. You can't change the rules. No, I know that, but that Mid-stream. I mean, ed, edge edge wrestling is often called completely differently than mat wrestling. It's often well, they called, called completely it, uh, inconsistently, both in America and at the world level. Yeah. No, wh- no man's right. I mean, just I because you, off. you know, the the Oklahoma State staff can't like ask for the U.S. Open clause, be like, we want that officiating rules. Like, it's, yeah. it's just however they want to interpret it. And maybe they'll say 
there'll be a point of emphasis. USA will look at this and be like, hey, if he does this, if he's dropping to his knees on these, and I honestly believe, well, first of all, that's why I don't like the grounding rule really that much in general. I think I there are parts of it maybe I do like, but I don't like that I'm in trouble. If I just lower myself, I am out of trouble. That is That doesn't make sense to me in wrestling. Yeah, yeah I said similar. I said similar in the call in a semi at Akron this weekend. The, the, the straight arm push, or that was just a push. It was just a push out. Like, that is so obscure. That's so ambiguous. It's like... If you're going to give a straight arm push out, I, I don't know what they're calling there. Sometimes you know what the guy's doing. He's trying to get him out of bounds, mm-hmm. and they call it straight arm push. I mean, other times it's the same situation, and they call it one. Um, I think, Christian, what you're making a point for is if, if, if Thomas Kilman is taking Dayton fixed to the edge and Dayton drops to a knee and then gets pushed out, uh, it should just make a rule. If you step out, you're out. Yeah, if you're out, you're out. I like that. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah. I, I've got Dayton doing it. If he's uh, on the attack, I think he wins. I think he has to attack because I think if he just wants to hand fight with Thomas Gilman, that's a, that's a death of a thousand cuts. Yeah. I mean, to that I grounding point, uh, like he's still got marched to the edge a lot. A lot. I think it's – yeah, yeah, he got – March to the edge a lot, and he had that game plan is to drop to a leg. Now, I think that this is the hardest matchup to pick in all of Final X. And really, you don't. Who do you think's the toughest? Oh man, Ringer, Gable for me, Ringer Dake for me is way tougher. I, I oh well, who, okay. So who are you picking in this one? Well, and those like I haven't seen those matches. Well, I've seen Dake Ringer, but it's been so long. I have never seen Gable. I'm I'm picking Dayton. I think it's really I think I think the upside is with Dayton because he's been knocking on the door. He kind of sort of kind of I shouldn't say figured it out, but he got the win last time. Dayton probably has um the upside is probably with Dayton in the sense that he only had to prepare for Thomas Gilman for the last 2 months. Um, All Thomas Gilman's had to prepare for. I mean, this guy's been wrestling folk style matches. He's been doing chop breakdowns. And then he flips the switch and he beats Gilman, who's only wrestling freestyle. That's what, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, uh, I said I just said the upsides okay. with Dayton. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so the upsides with Dayton is just I think I could see a scenario in which Thomas does what Thomas does, and Dayton tries to go with the game plan that worked in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it not go, it doesn't go that way again. In my opinion, if in my opinion, if I'm if I'm dating, I switch up my philosophy, um, and I try shooting leg attacks, and I try really hard to stay in the middle. Don't don't get pushed to the edge. <clears throat> They're gonna drop down to a leg and get that grounding call. Um, I, I'm shooting if I'm I'm dating. Well, that's, that's what, I guess, my assumption in my pick. It's like they will obviously know after what yeah. happened at the Open the adjustments they'll have to make there because they know I, – I think they have to feel confident they would lose if they did that again. Um, that's that's what I mean. Any, uh, who's uh, Stephen Kyle got? I I know Thomas Gilman was concerned about Dayton's saddle getting cold. Oh. But he's a cowboy. He's literally a cowboy. He's literally a cowboy. He yeah. is saddling yeah. up every single day. 
He that's literally how he gets to to the wrestling. Room. Exactly. He has a horse. Right. So Dane's saddle stayed very warm, and he wins in two matches. Two so matches. We're all taking Dayton. So mm-hmm. We're all on Dayton. Uh oh. Taking Dayton. He has. His I horses need. In the back. Here, here's what I need from both of these. He does have the horses. Both both of these <laughs> young men. I need leg attacks out of both of y'all because mm. we ain't winning the medal. It, the way, and look, I understand they're very positionally sound. They're extremely smart and keep themselves out of danger. But we we gotta get we gotta get leg attack scores here. Well, I mean, I think weight. I don't think Thomas is gonna wrestle the way he wrestles. I don't think Gilman used to much. shoot more though. No, yeah, that that's he the used thing. To. That it has I mean, changed. In the past, in the past two or three years, I mean, no, Nomad's sitting here saying right now he needs leg attacks out of Thomas Gilman. And I'm telling you that Thomas is going to wrestle the way Thomas wrestles. In 17, he, he was not, shooting way more. Yeah. You're not going to see a whole lot of leg attacks out of Thomas Gilman until he's trailing in the second period. It's not going to happen. Go, go look at the the – attack rate for Gilman from 17 worlds, 18 worlds and even injury, whatever, like I get it. Like that probably affected it, but the, the mindset of still attacking and, and having confidence in your shot, knowing you have a good shot, knowing you can score off that shot. Really good um, I'm taking Dayton because I do believe that Dayton has made the adjustment oh to start shooting more, but I need, I, I needed to continue at the world level. Mm. That that is my diagnosis of like uh, again. This is a way where I think we'll be fine either way, but fine right now means wrestling for bronze, which is obviously really good. But dang, I I, I don't know that I, the way these two are wrestling, I don't know that I can see them winning the world winning a world medal this year. Hmm, interesting. Which Thomas has done before on the senior level, and Dayton's done multiple times on the age level. So it's not as though. I think. I think. I think. Never, I think they both. I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent with you, and I'd like to see both. Um, be more offensive, especially against each other, and and at worlds they have to be. Um, I think Dayton has been more offensive at world level, has taken more leg attacks than Thomas uh, in world experience recently, um, but. As far as the field goes, either one, I'm, I'm pretty confident and metal. You sound like you're underwater now, Willie, and I yeah. don't know why. Are you a submariner? No, I'm not underwater. There, it's back. He submerged. All right, good. Okay, so we've all got Dayton Fox. Oh, my gosh. All right. Tyler Graff, Joe Cologne, 61 kilowatts. Uh, this is really tough. This is, this is very tough for me. I'm not really sure. I think – Point scoring potential, maybe you go with Graf, but I just think getting it done. Uh, it's just the highest over under. Oh yeah, this is gonna be. Don't you don't want a drinking game for points with this one, guys? Um, I don't well, speak for yourself. No, you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing a drinking game, you probably do. <laughs> well, yeah, speak for yourself. Oh my so god! Drinking games you play with the goal is not to drink. Yeah. Wait, what? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with Cologne. I think he said that backwards, but maybe I no, heard. What it. sort of games you play where the goal is? Oh, not what to drink? sort of games? Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of mood you're. Maybe you just want to get drunk. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, a that's, game called drink come to think of it. All the, all the drinking games are How's stupid. That, is that a big game at James Madison? It's called Drink the Beer? Well, more so, that was what we did in Parkville. We played a lot of Drink the Beer. Oh, here we go, Parkville days. Yeah. All right, Baltimore County. Um, I've got Joe Colon in two matches because I don't want Izzy Silva to yell at me. Is that is that enough reason for you? I got I got Joe Colon. Um, I don't know, two, maybe three. I don't know, but uh, just the inconsistency from Graf. You know, give me give me Joe. I don't know what you're gonna get. If Tyler Graf can win, yeah, but um, he's not always consistent, so. Yeah, same thing. Like, I, Tyler Graff, one of the best guys to not make a world team in America. But until he does it, I'm not going to think he can do it. Yeah. I'm going to say Joe Clone in three because one of the matches ends like 16-16 in criteria mm-hmm. with Graff winning. And no one knows what criteria it yeah, be because it, you're – Exactly, because everyone's trying to count how many fours everyone had and you all might, that. You might, if you're not near the chairman, you might need to do the old pen paper for that one as you're as you're commentating it, and just kind of make sure that everything matches up. Yeah, yeah. Here's also a pro tip: look at the line on the scoreboard. Ooh. Instead of doing that, that's a pretty good pro. Yeah, but sometimes, like, oftentimes, the points don't go up right away. Yeah, and then the refs tell them just (laughs) sit down and shut up. Coaches ask for clarification. Yeah, do it. Well. And then they tell him they tell him to wrestle anyway, <laughs> and then you don't know the score until the match is over. Yeah, but that's that's plenty of time to know. All right, James Green versus Ryan Deacon. Uh-oh. That oh, should boy. be that should be the official greeting of of wrestling fans. You know, like wrestling people go up and they like kind of shrug and stuff, and they're like, instead of like uh, instead of saying hello. Freestyle wrestling fans should go up to each other when they see each other and just go like this. <laughs> it's 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 really the best. Or like the one person does this, you hold it out, and like the response, yeah. the person you're greeting gives you the role. Yes, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how you know. I'm with it. We could re- we could really affect wrestling culture in this way. James Green, Ryan Deacon. Listen, we saw it at the open. Did he catch Green by surprise? Did he just? Did James just completely underestimate this guy that got fifth at Big Tens, and say, "Yeah, I got this." And then, oh wait, Ryan Deacon's awesome. Um, now he learned that. Is Ryan Deacon just better at freestyle? I don't know. Probably so. He's junior world silver. There's seems, mounting evidence. Seems likely. So, but can you really? Can you really do it? Can you really pick James Green to lose in Lincoln, Nebraska? I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna be able to do it. Can't win the, with the, the thing, the thing with James is, you know, we we talk about the mo of some of these guys. This guy does this, and if Thomas makes a team, we want to see him take more leg attacks because he hasn't recently. James has a sort of book on him too, where he lets matches get away that he should win. He doesn't put people away. He doesn't create a gap and. Um, I think if he wants to be safe, I'm not going to pick him to lose, but if he wants to be safe, he needs to stay on the offense. Well, Deacon's ability to get in and finish so well was what was eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. And t- to me, I, I think this is a, a real, real match. It has potential to go three. I really think Deacon can do it. I don't think you're crazy if you pick Deacon. 
I thought the stuff he was doing at the Open is going to be there in Lincoln. That's There's nothing like – I don't see Green all of a sudden able to just completely shut down what Ryan does. I think he's just got great size, and his ability to get to legs is really um, – is good. It's elite. And for that reason, it's going to be competitive. But just Green, Lincoln, not going to – not going to pick against that. I've been, Same. I've been waiting a while to bring this point up. Oh, he's been sitting on it. <laughs> what? Keeping it warm. Be- and and I think this, this is the I think this is the right one though because I'm taking James Green. It'll be his fifth straight team, and I think it'll be Jeez. the last time we see him make a team because he's going to have to go up 74 next year, and then who knows? You know how many of these guys like just putting them out th- past This you. has been th- this quad. Like that we're living in right now, it's the best one that we've seen since '93 to '95, which is a long time. You should host a shit show called Quad Living. <laughs> Just talk about the Olympic cycle. Quad Pod actually is what it's called. Um, that's the next podcast, wrestling podcast. Oh yeah, Quad Pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But how does that not exist? What does our team look like in 2021, and how good are they? Because we've we you know we've got this stable right, <clears throat> Dayton, Yanni, Deacon. Gable, you know, not, yep. not Bo. But anyway, point is, what does our team look like in 2021? And how many of these guys take hold of the spots now and how many of them have to wait like Gwiz did in 2017? Um, and I don't know, this, cause th- this, this is just – I think this is kind of going to be the end of an era, especially for the non-Olympic weight guys. Um, and also, I mean, this will be the last time – Probably James Green gets to wrestle in Lincoln. It's probably the last time Jordan Burroughs gets to wrestle in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I think as wrestling fans, we need to kind of savor that moment a little bit. Savor the flame. Jordan just got a medical. He actually has one more year of eligibility for the Huskers. Sweet. That would be so awesome. Uh, so I we've all got Green in two, but we're all very woke on, the, on freaking Deacon. And then – we have the big one because of size, not so much and what we think is going to happen. Kyle Snyder, who autographed this shirt for me. Look at that. Very large font. Nice signed. of him. Yes. He has a great signature. Versus Kyvan Gadsden. I think this is the Kyle Snyder shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought, I looked, I that would be out. awkward. I have one. The, I have like an Imar one too, and that would have been, that would have been really uncomfortable. This is Kyle and he's taking on Kyvan Gadsden. We've seen this the last couple of years. It's been Kyle Snyder comfortably. And uh, it's going to be comfortable once more for the warm under the saddle Kyle Snyder. Two matches against Kyvan, who double-legged him off the stage last year. That was great. That was rude. That was rude, yet appropriate. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's Kyle. Kyvan has yeah. been awesome, and I, I, I love that we still have um, – Guys fighting Kyle Snyder for the spot because we're never going to develop that depth if guys just concede. Um, so, but it's it's Kyle Snyder until further notice. I feel like you've conceded the spot at fifty-seven by not entering. No, I man. have. Dang. See, you got good hands. You need to be the change. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stephen Kyle. Kyle have, Snyder. Kyle's got to stick together. Yeah, don't they? especially after all the hate we've been through this past week. That's yeah. true. That's true. Snyder's we'll going to redeem it for all the Kyles. That's right. 
That's great. It would be y'all should have a little segment, just like a heart to heart, Kyle to Kyle, yeah, type of thing. <laughs> Kyle to Kyle would be great. <laughs> just the the adversity you guys have had to. Maybe undergo. I'll start a new show and I'll have a Kyle on every week. He's <laughs> like week three. It's like <laughs> Kyle Rochelle, Sermonera, or whatever. It's running like, out of people. Running out of Kyles. <laughs> then you end up with Lyle Styles one of these times. <laughs> it's a rhyme with Kyle. Just because it rhymed. All right. So those are all of the matches of men's freestyle. No man, you're giving me a look. What do you want? No, to say? just you'll be you and Bader will be on call for session two. Me and Spay will be on call for session one. Uh, both, both uh, parties, Democrat and Republican. Yes. <laughs> uh, both Rutgers and Lincoln. Spay and I will be be on the call. Uh, go to the individual final X tab page. You'll see the the schedule for weigh-ins. Session one, the matches. Session two, weigh-ins. Session two, matches. Reminder I'm... of how this is working. Sorry, Willie. Let me give a quick reminder. Yeah, cool reminder. Two sessions for both final X's. Um, so the first session will start at noon, and the evening session will start at, at 6. Now, cool thing we're doing for the noon session, um, we're going to stream it live on our social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So you'll be able to watch the morning session for or the afternoon session for free and get a lot of eyeballs on, on that session. So that's pretty exciting stuff. So... 12 and 6, the weigh-ins for each are two hours before. There's a press conference the day before, right? So a lot of uh, Final X activity going on. Uh, Very exciting stuff. Willie, you were saying? I was just saying that uh, I'm excited for the Kayla Miracle-Velti match, and I'm also excited for the uh, um, Mango match. I think that's going to be exciting. Nomad, real quick, I didn't even know you were calling session one let's talk just give me one session one match from Rutgers that you're looking forward to and one from Lincoln well now I gotta pull because I had uh, well Molinari uh Nelson for me is uh oh yeah oh no that's on session they got moved to session two now yeah that's session two I'm sorry I can't read all right okay I have I have them up so I can I can go down uh all right very easily so but honestly, a lot of the ones that finally like Rutgers, um, the, the session ones, I'm pretty psyched about. Joe Rao, Ben Provisor, they had yep, a 1-1 match, and they had a 14-10 match. So you have a lot of options for kind of how that match can go. And obviously, Provisor, two-time Olympian, world team member. Rao was a world teamer back in 2014, has been knocking on the door. He had his jaw broken last year and couldn't compete in the trials by a teammate. So that was so he's, he's probably a little hungry. I love that one. I mean – Number Especially one, after a broken no, jaw. Yeah, you're never gonna be hungry. Number he, one, he does good. hot dog tours. <laughs> number one, they're really good. Number two, the matches should be exciting. And number three, like both of them are cool dudes. So there's a lot to like in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. Uh, second one uh, is Olivia Fisk versus Victoria Francis, which Olivia Fisk is trying to do the pretty. I don't think it's unprecedented because I think maybe uh, Jandro Hancock did it, but trying to make junior U23 and senior teams which is pretty absurd. Uh, Kendrick Sanders versus John Stefanowitz. Sanders is one that's been knocking on the door forever, and then Stefanowitz has made national team teach the last three years. That's uh, Chance Marcello's brother, by the way. Uh, what about what about Lincoln? Go to Lincoln. Who's your, who's well, your favorite? I'm giving a little, little nuggets right. on each. Uh, Max Nowry, Brady Koontz. Man, I was really impressed by Brady Koontz at, uh, at the trials. His lefty gut is extremely impressive. Every time he someone got put down against him, they got turned at least twice. So... Watch out uh, for that. And then I was talking to uh, one of the Ohio State coaches, and 
it, they're like, it's incredible. They're, so Brady has a twin brother, Dylan, and they're like, they just go in the corner and beat the hell out of each other and make each other better and coach each other up. Uh, and then they're probably coached by their father, who I don't know his first name, which is usually pretty rare. And then Mike. Uh, <laughs> Mike? Mike? No, I'm just making them up. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, Dennis Hall also works with them because they're from Wisconsin. Uh, Ellis Coleman, Jamel Johnson, that's that's going to be an excellent one. I mean, Ellis has been around, I mean, Flying Squirrel, everybody remembers that. And then Becca Leathers, Jenna Burkett was an awesome match at the Open. Jenna kind of gave it up there late. Uh, and then Becca obviously lost last year after being a 2017 world medalist. Um, Jenna got her spot after Allie got hurt and uh, also previously made a team. So that's Final X, Rutgers, Session 1. Will, you can go ahead and talk about Lincoln Well, now. hang on. Uh, it's Brian Coons. Brian Coons. Duh. Okay. Will? Right. Uh, no, I was, throwing it, I was throwing it to you. Rucker, or, uh, Lincoln, Session 1. What's your favorite matchup? I, <clears throat> I said I like uh, Miracle and Velti, and I like Mango Johnson. I think uh, both of them are going to be – we, we all know you love Ildar. <laughs> Um, good job I, by him. I think the <laughs> I think the session one Lincoln is going to go a lot quicker. Um, I th- don't see any way Ali Reagan loses to Lauren Louise, and in fact, the, both those matches probably end in the first period. Uh, Foonfinger uh, half is off should be interesting. Foonfinger has been having a really awesome year going back to to the Schultz. Please call him Eldar. Eldar, okay. Yeah, don't call him uh, Jakara is. All indications are she is going to uh, mollywop Don Parrish, although Parrish will have her spot, get her shot at E23s. Raymond Bunker, Alex Mossing for for all the troops, uh, Marine Corps versus Air Force, (laughs) so they should get some sort of of trophy for that one. There's a couple of Ellis Um, versus... uh... Uh, yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of yeah Mango Johnson. That's a matchups. Army Marines. That's a W cap on Marine Corps crime. Mm-hmm. There should be a guy. There should be an actual human named Mango Johnson. That's what I would, when you said <laughs> Mango Johnson, I was like, that sounds like an ABA star, <laughs> like, like back in the day, seventies. He was like a small forward for like the he played tropics. for the yeah. tropics. Yeah, Mango Johnson. <laughs> it's a great SNL like extra name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Jangelo Hancock, Luke Sheridan. Um, There's going to be a Twitter handle called Mango Johnson. Yeah, very soon. Within the day. Very soon. We're wait. We're counting on you. Please add us. I, uh, I worked at a. I once worked at a uh, like a, a youth center for bad children, like in the summer one time between college, mm-hmm. and there was this um, Dominican kid. And at least they had you to they, look up to. I, 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 yeah, I know. <laughs> they asked. I. I t- he s- said that he spoke. And, different language i don't know what and i said okay give me a word give me a word he's like uh mango and i'm like mango what's that mean he goes mango like you eat it like that's not it that's not it's not a different language word bud. <laughs> that's just, what we call it. you know what we call them here we call them mangoes <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay let's do keep we, it going do we have time for q semester yeah we got time we've always got time for questions um why don't we just start it with uh, the Emo's Pizza Review? Oh, all right. Yes, this was a this was great timing. We've long talked about Emo's. So we have uh, one. Of, there's a few pillars on this show. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. wrestling talk. Mm-hmm. There's Nomad's takes. Mm-hmm. And there's we all hate Emo's Pizza in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. 
we are we're just united around those things. Rarely, rarely do you see us agree on anything as with such conviction and consensus as we agree that Emo's pizza sucks. <laughs> you are right. Now, so if you don't know, Barstool president. Oh no! Sorry, I unmuted my uh, my thing. I had the Facebook stream going. So the guy does pizza reviews, right? And he goes, he's doing all of them. Uh, one bite, everyone knows the rules, and he, you know, he's a, I think he's a pretty harsh critic. He doesn't he give is. out. No, he is. I don't know if he's, I've ever seen him give a nine. He goes, a 10-point scale is like a lot of sevens and eights, and if it's bad, he'll give it a four. And they're based in New York City, so. It's great pizza. So, like, he's getting <sighs> quality. Probably the worst piece of pizza he's had is probably, like, the best piece in Texas. So, he goes to St. Louis and, unfortunately, is coerced into going to Emo's, Okay. He goes and he gets it and he's like, I wasn't expecting this. He's you know, it's those little square pieces, which is fine, thin and crispy. No issues with thin, thin and crispy here. Right, okay? that can be fine. We're fine with thin and crispy. It's the the taste. So he eats it and he's like, this is like cracker pizza. He kept saying, calling like, this is cracker pizza. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not even sure this is actually pizza. I'm not even sure I could call this pizza. But he didn't try. He's like, I don't hate it. It's not terrible. And he gave it a 6.2. So a lot of everyone knows that listen to FRL, we hate Emo's pizza a lot, and we think it's terrible trash food. That DiGiorno pizza, literally frozen, put in the oven, I would eat it yeah. ten times out of ten before I would eat Emo's. Well, the worst part is the worst part is is that these St. Louis, the Emo's truthers, Saint, yeah, the St. Louisianans, they uh, they rave about it, and it's horrible. They probably also like Keystone Light. They also well, quiet your mouth there. Um, Me and Spay went on a whole diatribe about how much Keystone Light sucks this weekend. All right. So, anyways, they give it a 6.2, and these St. Louis people think that's like a victory. Well, it was funny because there's an Emo's guy there. He said he was like in marketing or something with Emo's. Yeah. And you could tell he he was nervous. Yeah. And then when he heard 6.2, Brad looked at him. He's like, I'm sorry. Just being honest. Like, that's a pretty bad score. Usually what I give out, and he's like, oh, no, we'll take it. He's like, that's great. <laughs> the guy was so pumped to get a 6.2. So you know, that guy knows. The pro- Prez seemed to kind of like the cheese and, like, the little tang to it. Yeah. We did not. Out on the cheese. Yeah. It's just rancid well, cheese. Well, I don't know. Listen, I'm throwing – this whole thing has an asterisk on it. I mean, this video, this pizza review, there's so many dynamics to it. There's so many dynamics to it because – Kyle, are you sure he said he liked the tang? I think he yeah, said no, he did. Tang. No, he did. He said he liked the tang. All right. Well, and yeah. I think I think that's the only reason it got like a six point two. Yeah. No, the only reason it got a six point two. That's why I'm saying there's an asterisk on it. You can't have the marketing guy there. Prez just didn't want to. I don't think hurt he, his feelings he, too bad. I don't think Prez. He don't cares. care about that kind he, of stuff. No, yeah. He would not. He's okay. not a feelings protector. With six point two. I was surprised it was that 6.2. high. I was expecting right, a five or under. Right, it should have got a 6.2. Also, the, the, the St. Louis people thinking that 6.2 is good is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, That's a 62% on your paper. A St. Louis there could just be a documentary terrible, made on this. terrible food takes in general. Remember, they were the ones that had, like, the bagel all sliced up, like... Uh, like Bread? It, yeah, like bread. I don't remember that, actually. It went viral... I don't know, probably like six months ago or something. Okay. It's a just it's not a good food city. Yeah, they still they still know. 
We got the arch. We like it when NCAs is there, but that pizza is terrible. We have a, a slight update from our dear friend uh, Dan Seifring, who follow that guy. He's a uh, big wrestling fan. Obrats. Yeah, sixteen records of whitepages.com of a fellow named Mango Johnson. <laughs> so he's out there. One of them is in Texas. Sixteen. We gotta go see entries? him. Yeah. We that should be part of the final X road trip. We've finding Mango Johnson. Okay. I hope there's somebody named Mango Johnson that kind of looks like Beetlejuice from Howard Stern, and we can have him on as part of our show. I, I'm all for it. Now, uh, Jim, so Jim Ryan on Facebook is defending Emo's Pizza, and he says it is Provel cheese and definitely Carrots. takes a developed palate. So oh, he's trying to go. palate shame. Oh, yeah, now. that's why. Palate we're, shame. Not <laughs> we're not refined enough. <laughs> palate shame. Oh, my gosh. Look, there are. Um, like there, there are nuances to food reviewing, mm-hmm. and I think we'll all agree that we are not, you know, full-time professional food reviewers. Emo sucks. It gets a zero. <laughs> I will never eat it again. Cheers. All right. Hey. Um, and there you have it. And there you have it. All right. Let's get to pizza. some questions from Wait, friends. Uh, no, one last oh, thing. Here one last go. thing, St. Louis people, on this whole Emo's <laughs> thing. I'll tell you another thing. Do. Does it even pass health code? Does anybody <laughs> inspect that place? It looked like a cockroach hotel. Like it looked like there was they had this salad bar that I swear to God, the dressing was salmonella. I mean, there ain't no way. I don't know. So not only is it not appetizing, it's also suspect. A little sus. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's not a great place. That's all we can say. Now, moving on. Questions from friends. Here we go. Why would Kyle Brackey do this to us about watching the Demon House documentary? Finally sat and watched it. Didn't go to bed till 3.30. I was so spooked. <laughs> Kyle, you're freaking out our listeners. I'm sorry, guys. That one uh, did a number on me, too. Yeah. It did a number on me. It changed them. That was the Kyle Brackey Alien Hour, if you missed it from last time. It was just Kyle and I on the show. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a deep one. It was pretty, pretty juicy. Uh, F with Q's. Asks, uh, since Willie isn't taking the road trip, doesn't he lose a bet? FRL 372 said he would run a documented 10 miles on the trip, but he's not going, then he loses. Hashtag put your chicken where your mouth is. Hashtag gout got your tongue. Willie, your response. Yeah, what, what, I don't know if I said <laughs> – did I say I would run it on the trip or by the trip? We, we will accept either form of 10 miles at this point. All right, I'm probably going to lose that bet. But <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, the know. confidence of Willie has in his uh, body relative to what it can actually do is amazing. Well, yeah, that's probably true. It's definitely true. I, I remember when I remember when when I first started, it was like 2013 or 2014. You know, people always ask us like, "Who's the best wrestler in the thing?" It's like Bader or now Mike Mal, uh, LJ, etc. He, uh, <laughs> so there's already a Mango Johnson count. Turn it around, Nomad. All right, let's see if we can, see oh if I don't know if we can zoom in here. That is record time. There's a that Mango is record nice. time. There's a Mango nice. Johnson. And it's, it's at, like an ABA basketball player. At Mango Johnson, too. Oh, Lord. Well done. You guys are the best. Record time. Record you time. That's amazing. You're the real MVP. So anyways, we're talking about oh, who's the best wrestler. And Willie was like, now... 
at the time we had a guy named Ryan Blake who wrestled at Minnesota for like years, three years. He's like really, really good. And someone, I was saying, oh, Ryan's really good. Bader's really good. And Willie was like, Willie was actually offended. He's like, I'm better than all those guys. But it wasn't like one of those times when Willie's like, you know, he's kind of putting on it. Like being, it was just he and I saying, he's like, well, I'd like to think it was me. I'm still the best. I'm like, I'm like, what, Willie? You think you're the best? I have a lot of confidence. I have a lot I know, of confidence in my abilities. But you were not in good. You were not in good shape at that point. All right. So he loses that bet. Let's keep it moving before we gotta get out of here. Um, FRL listener says we use NATOs for weight. Can we use nomads as a measurement for height? Yes. Although no one is gonna ever be two nomads, so it makes it tough. Yeah. That's other than Adam Coon. He's the only guy that's two nomads. Well, it might actually be better to use NATOs for height. Yeah, that's true because he's five feet tall. Um, Gene Parmesan with a great question, not exactly question. wrestling related. How far is too far to hold the door for someone? So you're going in a door, you're getting in, and you see someone else is coming. You know they're coming for this door, but the, there's a there's a line there for when you hold it or when you just walk in the door. And I think it's actually considerate at times to walk in the door instead of holding it because what the door hold can do. If you're 20, 30 yards out, you make someone have to do that awkward Run, fast yeah. walk to a trot, which they didn't ask for that. No. They have not asked for you to hold the door, so don't make them have to sprint to the door. So I think it's a, it's a feel thing. To me, know? if the door can completely close In but the, before they get there, you don't have to hold it. You don't have to hold it. Unless it's for a shoddy in Nomad's case. Like like if it can, if it can be a full close – then then it's it's uh yeah you don't have to hold it yes okay um willie or nomad can we get an early prediction for facundo school list my top four are iowa state iowa michigan and wisconsin penn state should be on there yes penn state He's, should be on there i think iowa state definitely um obviously the the davison connection for metcalf and the davison connection with uh john reader uh nebraska obviously is on oh, there so you, so you think wisconsin yeah, okay. I think they're on there. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they're on there. Uh, Nebraska, uh, his his head, his coach is Paul Donahoe, who is still very close with Mark Manning. What? He, that did not end well. Is that true? William? Yeah. Yeah, they're tight. Dude, he – all right. Not because of Manning. I understand uh, he he himself didn't end. All right, look. He kind of ripped him on that. No, there was like an ESPN thing about it. They went they they went for a while without talking, but they're buds. Okay. All right. Good. Uh Michigan, he trains at Cliff King WC a pretty good amount, so they're in there. I don't know that I was on there, but maybe. But yeah, definitely Penn State as well. Yeah. Okay. Any anything to add there, William? No, that's that's it. Okay. Fellas, I got a scorcher for you. <laughs> Would you say that the junior field has been better than the U23 field at the World Championships over the past two years? If you agree, why do you think that is? I think if I, my first guess is just like junior World Championships is just a longer established thing. It's been university. It's been university games. It's like every year there's the junior World Championships. It's the best 20 and unders. And it's like the next – it's the stepping st- stone for – worlds whereas if you fall into that like 21 to 23 it means you're a backup or or it means 
Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like, you can't make the senior world. Team. Right, it's like you're number two or three. Whereas juniors is like, well, you might be number two or three, but you're also Could theoretically be. on the progression to become the number one. Whereas, like, U23, it's like you're about the age where you're going to start <clears throat> mixing it up and you, you can't make it. I mean, that's basically true for our look, – look at our team. I mean, you know, Dayton, Yanni, Gable, none of those guys – those guys are all qualified for that, but they're, like, well, trying to do the thing. Yeah. There's a ton of reasons. There's a ton of reasons. Two thousand pounds junior, of reasons. Why juniors is better than U twenty threes, and why the field is better in the United States. Because you know, number one is juniors. Those guys are still gunning for something. I mean, half of them. One half is red shirts in college that are chomping at the bit to get competition. They redshirted all year. They didn't wrestle that many matches. The other half. Are high school kids that wrestled their high school season and didn't get a freaking competitive match all year because they live in I don't know yeah. somewhere, right? So you're you're getting kids that are foaming at the mouth to get some real competition and go to junior worlds, which is far more established and far more uh, proven, far more conducive to um, future to, to future success. U twenty threes, it takes. A special recipe, a special dynamic. Ten percent log. For for you to be really, yeah. for you to be really into it. You know, we've had a James Green make a team who's been, you know, one of our top guys. We've had, you know, Dayton. Dayton went, did he not? Um, so you you have to fall into a certain category. A Kirkfleet this year. Um, you have to fall into a certain category, whereas gotcha. the others are more defined. Okay, which famous wrestling dad you guys speak of regularly wins a one-night-only old-school UFC-style tournament? Who's the biggest, meanest, baddest dad of them all, Willie? I feel like Willie or, uh, or Nomad will have the best read on, on the wrestling dad. Wait, okay, so hold on. Because what's the parameters here? Because, I mean, we got, like, like, Nate Carr in the field. Or John Smith. Or, or are we talking, like, you know, you know the, Mark Heidley? Like, what are, we, what are we talking about here? I don't know. They're, they're, but those guys are old. What about uh, Nash Hubmaker's dad? I oh, feel I, like yeah. I I, he's, he's going to win a lifting competition. That's for damn sure. <laughs> My man put up about 500 the other day. Really? <laughs> yes. Dude, look at the look at uh, Joe Hubmaker's Twitter. I think he was on Max Preps or something one time. Like, look at this dad just <laughs> like, did like deadlift 700 or something. Nice. I don't know, it was absurd. That man is a brick. You know what house? I wouldn't rule out. I mean, I'm trying to think of just big, scary uh, <clears throat> wrestling dads. Ruben Valencia is a dark like, horse here, boys. When 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 this guy asked the question, I'm thinking of current recruits or current college wrestlers. Maybe I'm not thinking John Smith, who's you know. Is I would say I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't <clears throat> mess with uh, Mr. Ferrari. Yep. Probably wouldn't mess with him. Oh snap! No way. That dude and, is jacked. And, and and if. And if we're going, I'm just going to say this. Don't rule out Bob Suriano if there's some kind of weight class thing going on. Yeah, don't rule out Bob. You know another sleeper? It's not a dad. It's a mom. Spencer Lee's mom will just, like, throw mm. you on your head. Oh, Judica. Yeah. Just do some judo madness on you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I think it's it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. It's 947 in the AM. Nomad's starting to get hungry, I'm sure. 
We gotta go. We got, we got uh, food set. John Renan would take last in that competition. He would get dead last. <laughs> he would he John. would miss. Here's what would happen. He would miss weight. They would let him enter, and he would go 0-2. Did you hear that, John? Yeah. You hear that, John? John? You just went 0-2. Last, John, you bum. You got last. We didn't even know it was possible. They wrestled back. True 37th. You lost every match. They wrestled it back. Yeah. Sorry, you wrestled dude. that cheese head. You took dead last. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We will be back, and it's going to be a while. I hope we can get off some of these uh, archive-only Johns. That's going to require some coordination from Willie and I and friends. But we're not going to be live next Thursday or next week at all. We're going to be on the Final X road trip. So there's good and bad. You're going to love our Final X content. So there's that going. For Stephen Kyle Bracky, Dana Roy Lobdell Jr., William Elizabeth Saylor, we are out. (laughs) Thank you, guys. See you next time.